Alright, welcome to the first episode of the Pastor Truth Podcast. Uh, my name is Mokai and yeah, I'll just uh, give a little intro about what this podcast is going to be about, a um, bit of background about myself and um, yeah, I think that, that'll probably be enough content for this episode. So the Pastor Truth, to me it stands for a person's own journey through um, spirituality and personal development um, and like self-realization and that sort of stuff. So it's um, the whole process one goes through or like a person's experience of awakening to whatever they end up awakening to. Um, yeah, truth is like um, it's kind of like the the pot of gold at the end of the at the end of the rainbow, I guess. And I'll do a whole other episode on that because that is, yeah, that's a very very big topic. But um, yeah, so I'll just jump straight into it. I'm just going to start with my personal um, path to truth, what that entailed and continued like still entails now. Um, and yeah, so pretty much, um, I was never really spiritual when I was younger and in high school and even in primary school, I was considering now like pretty close minded to a lot of, um, alternate sort of lifestyles and mindsets and opinions and stuff like that. I was very atheistic, atheistically minded, um, from a young age, I was, I didn't really believe in God. I didn't buy the whole thing because it just didn't make sense to me how one single man could live up in the clouds <laughs> and we don't ever, we don't get to go there until, until we die apparently. And only if we we play by his, his specific rules. That would never made sense to me even as a little kid. So, um, I, yeah, I found myself leaning more towards the atheistic side of the fence the belief in no God and when we die we that's just it just ends. Um and then after experimenting with L S D and mushrooms for the first time, um I've always been a big YouTube um big YouTube watcher. And so whatever I'm in it, and it, whatever I'm in at the time or whatever I'm learning about, um I'll just binge it on YouTube, just non stop. Um and then so once I had my first two psychedelic experiences, man, I was just so intrigued by it, by like how it worked, the effects on the mind, like why it works the way it does. I just had so many questions straight away. And um, I really liked the whole aesthetic of it. I liked all the trippy patterns, the psychedelic patterns, the mindset, the clarity in my, within my, my mind, like the lack of thoughts all that sort of stuff. And then, so I started researching more and more deeper into psychedelics and then into spirituality. Um, I never even really looked it up until, like, uh, this is all I'm talking about probably 2018. It's at the moment, it's 2000, just at the very start of 2021. So I was 18 at the time, just starting experiment with these drugs. And, um, yeah, and then so I was watching the YouTube videos, getting deeper and deeper into it, and then 
just ended up using psychedelics more and more. Like once a month, I would have a trip. And once I discovered personal development through psychedelics, then it really started taking off. And I remember talking to my dad about it and I was like, yeah, the, like the, I'm going to use it recreationally. There's no doubt about that. Like I have so much fun with it, with my friends and whoever I'm doing it with, but there is an intention behind it of, um, personal development, developing myself for the better, like improving myself, um, getting over fears and that sort of stuff. And that's still stuck with me now. And it's just, it's only gotten larger. Um, but yeah, so this this sort of seek spiritual seeking started right around there, but it was very low level in a way compared to what it became. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of lost where I was going. <laughs> so yeah, the videos, and then after that, the experiences I was having were just. I would up the dose more so that obviously that would be more intense. And there was this one time with my with my friend that we had these chemicals, um, DOM and DOB, and we got them, we both had one tab of DOM and one tab of DOB each. And if you don't know what that is, it's a substituted amphetamine psychedelic, so it's kind of like having speed and acid at the same time. It's um, really long-lasting, and we had two, we had two each, but something would have happened with the dosage because the effects were like lifetimes apart. Like mine was the most intense experience I've ever had in my entire life ever. And it went for about, th- it. I fell asleep after about 29 hours. I think it was roughly 28 to 30 hours. Um, and it was really, really intense for about like, I want to say 15 hours of it or so. And, but like really, really, really intense and very, very psychedelic. So that just threw me in a deep end straight away. Like that was experiences with entities, um, like high dimensional beings, um, like seeing these landscapes that have been created and I was just put there. I was just bang, close my eyes. Oh, what the fuck? What's going on here? But I was just thrown so deep into it that like I couldn't, I didn't have any time to have any thoughts on it. Anyway, I'm going too deep into this. Um, so that really opened me up and that sort of uh, sparked the fire of wanting to help. Um, and that was a really big thing for me because I've always been quite selfish and lazy and I still am. But it's, yeah, it's really helped me um, cultivate this desire to help people and to to spread this desire to help myself outwards from myself. Um so that really opened my mind heaps and that was my first, I was researching entities and high dimensional beings and all this stuff and by then my mind had opened actually quite a lot to all these possibilities like um, I was really enjoying it and it was just giving so much more meaning and like magic to life. Like they, it sounded quite fantastical and quite magical and out there but like for a lot of people that's just, that just becomes the, the norm and that's, that's what it has for me. Um, and then I integrated, I integrated the lessons from, I can't exactly what, remember what it was. It's been like quite a while since then. And I've had a lot of experiences that on top of that, that have just compounded all these amazing, profound insights that have helped me so much. Um, and 
so yeah, that happened. And then maybe a year or so later, had an experience on LSD camping with my friends. I remember it was 150 micrograms. And um, the first bit was going awesome. It was just so good. And then it just started really taking a bad turn with um, my other friend who had a bit less, but she smoked some weed. And then that really just like spiraled her down. I started spiraling. And then it was literally as if like the two, um, our negative thoughts and our negative experience just was just like a magnet to it, to one another. Like we just, we ended up like, I remember sitting down with her and we were both freaking each other out so much. And I was realizing that I was like, man, mind, oh my God, she's losing her mind. And then that would make me freak out even more, not realizing that I was losing mine. And then I started realizing I was losing my mind. And then that just added on top of the panic. And then so I ended up standing up, grabbing her hand, and we just walked over to wherever my, my other friends were and was like, nah, we need help. This has gone too far. We're tripping too hard. And it like in the moment it was so scary. It's the like most freaky experience I've experienced. It felt like I was being pulled through multiple dimensions at the same time while still being able to talk. I couldn't trust. I didn't trust any of my senses except for my hearing. I don't know why. Um, my, some of my other friends were tripping, and I didn't trust any of them because they were tripping. So obviously they would be having the same experience as me. <laughs> Not. Um, but yeah, I just went so far. I went really, really deep in that. Like at one point when I was sort of feeling better, I was walking around and it felt like I was walking around inside my head, but I was just walking around. I was walking around inside my mind and on the ground, that this is just like uh, sandy, grassy sort of ground. There was sticks everywhere and stuff and that was all in the shapes of the alphabet and numbers and symbols like the male and female symbols. So. It was really, really, really intense. And um, I went I went really deep, but through the negative side, like through freaking out and fear and, j- yeah, just fear basically instead of love, instead of having a blissful, really deep experience, it was just so, so, so scary. And then so um, that, I think that somehow, it, I feel like subconsciously that sparked a thing in me that was like, no, nah, I need to figure this out because I want to, because I genuinely like just want to keep pushing deeper into my consciousness and experiencing myself at the most deepest fundamental levels I can because that just brings me so much fulfillment and when I come back to this mundane version of reality, um, there's just so many implications of it that we miss day to day because we're so caught up in the same repetitive cycles of literally just the same thing um and so i remember i can't remember how it was it was in must have been november of 2019 i was just on youtube and there was this video i recommended that it popped up a few times and i didn't watch it and then one night i was like stuff it and it was titled martin ball and he's this dude he was a 5meo dmt practitioner and like he's an author and stuff, but it was a video of him. It was him giving a, a talk at a college somewhere. I'm pretty sure. And you can look it up. Literally, just type in Martin Ball, and you'll see him. He's a, he has a long ponytail in one of his ears, and then short hair in another. But um, he brought me that video. Opened me up to the philosophy of non-duality, um, which has now become my main 
my primary worldview and um yeah so the way he found his path to truth essentially um i'll use that terminology um was through the use of psychedelics and then i think that was helping him open his mind and stuff like that and then he tried 5-MeO-DMT for the first time and then bang like he said he same as me full atheist like really atheistic and then as soon as he had it like the a proper dose that like actually properly affected him um he just said oh my god it's god thank you god like all this stuff about god but he wasn't referring to a god or a separate entity like a, a man or whatever or a woman um or a high dimensional being or anything no he was referring to god for him um is everything it's the universe it's every single person ever it's this undying energy that is that's just inside all of us inside everything it's the it's the driving force behind everything and um he directly experienced that and he's never had that connection to himself and to reality that deeply before and so that just opened him up so quickly and intensely and he went through this massive transformation and ended up becoming a practitioner doing this energy work with people and helping them get over their fears and all these problems by just literally opening them up so <laughs> insanely deeply like it's it has its risk for sure um but the the rewards the potential for reward is ridiculous but again just like anything you have to actually put in the effort after these experiences because they don't they don't heal you at all they don't do anything but just show you what you need to be shown in order to improve yourself um and that's why people freak out and that because also they can't interpret it that way and then or they just don't want to deal with whatever's going on in their head and then they take a psychedelic or even it just starts boiling up that's why it's just subconscious just going you need to deal with this like that's why people go to bed crying each night because they just have problems there and i'm not saying that um like people aren't trying to deal with them it's just like my problems that i still have now haven't been dealt with properly obviously because they're still here <laughs> but it's just an ongoing process so yeah so even in sober reality this still happens but at a different degree um but yeah so non-duality is the is essentially the philosophy the idea that um nothing is separate from anything else like physically yeah we perceive it that way but fundamentally it's not you can break um you can go at it through heaps of different ways through inquiring into yourself um through looking at objects and analyzing them breaking each part of it down fun like further and further into the elements and then going beyond that and honestly it just shifts it just fades into nothingness just fades into energy into vibrations um and yeah so it's non-duality um the it originated originated in india i think and the sanskrit word for it is advaita which means not to um and that's that's like the that's where like the theory of oneness stuff like that is words oneness unity harmony all that stuff refer to metaphysically and spiritually they refer to the non-duality the theory that and 
not even just the theory, the experience that everything is fundamentally not separate at all. Um, and so once I watched that video, I was like, dude, that's such a cool concept. And I remember going to um, a doof with my friends, uh, which was the first one I ever went to, which opened me up even further because I'd stigmatized that for so much of my life and the psytrance music and all that stuff. I love it now. I love that culture now. <laughs> just goes hand in hand with my spirituality. Um, but I was coming into that like pretty anxious and um, not really close-minded, but still had like still had um, stigma. And um, I remember telling my mates about it. It's like, oh, yeah, watch this video with this dude talking about this non-duality stuff. And it's like this belief that there's just this infinite source that everything comes from and goes to when it, when we die and all that stuff and um back then it was just a concept to me and like the whole concept of the ego what is the ego all that stuff like all these questions started coming up and um another thing that he was talking about in the video is because with non-duality the topic of the ego comes up heaps heaps because to understand non-duality um more than just a concept to experience it, you've got to have a separation between you, this sense, this exp- the experience that is being had, and you've got to figure out who that is exper- that experience is being had by. Like who, when you say the word I, who do you refer to? Is it your body? Is it your mind? Is it behind that? All that sort of stuff. And that's the technique called self-inquiry. And in further episodes, I'll get into... um spiritual techniques, meditation techniques, all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, so non-duality really just blew my world apart because it was just so much more really – it was the most profound and deep information I've ever, like, stumbled across ever. And um, I had no idea that it would lead to, like, where I am today, which I'll get to in the end of the video. Um, but – yeah, so it was just all these questions just started coming up and that was the start of the... That was when the seeking really ramped up. It's kind of like if you look at the Bitcoin, the graph of Bitcoin from like, say, 2010 to 2018. <laughs> I know now it's going absolutely crazy, but if you look at that graph, it's just like slow build and then holy shit and it's just like rockets. Um, this was like where it started. And so, yeah, literally... Two months later, I was in New Zealand with my family for Christmas and this was when the ego and the topics of the ego, I'll go into that in another video because that's another really neat topic, but separating the sense of I from the body and the mind and knowing and seeing seeing my mind and understanding its capabilities, its limits, its problems, how it creates the problems, its fears all this stuff, like understanding all these different aspects of my mind, of the mind, um, of my mind and of my ego. And um, that was all starting to make sense. And I remember walking around New Zealand and that was like, because I'm coming from an anxious background. My main baggage is anxiety, um, which can be social of it. If I'm in social settings and it triggers to whatever degree, which is like, but like so much less now. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've always had like a low self-worth. I've had a positive image of myself physically, 
but just a low self-worth in a way that I didn't see. And I've always been like, no, I've never really called myself an idiot when I've made a mistake. That sort of stuff. I never really, I don't know, learned to do that, I guess, or, or whatever, which I'm really grateful for. Um, and so, but even then, I like going through this process in New Zealand, I remember walking around and just feeling like a man for once. And like I'm, I was, yeah, 19 at the time. And that was the first time I'd really felt like masculine, not even, but like just myself. I really felt myself emerging and myself is confident. It is happy. It's um, just, yeah, it's just me. And it's that same sense that everyone else has behind all of this identity. Um, and that was emerging and I just yeah, started feeling heaps more comfortable as myself. And I remember, yeah, starting to find myself in like a group, of, within a group of people, like in public, people I've never met and just feeling somewhat, not fully, but somewhat even like compared to what I used to, taller people, I would put them above me, funny people put them above me, um, and then people I found less attractive put them below me. Um, people that were overweight put them below me. That sort of stuff. So I've, de- I've had my fair share of narcissism and putting myself above people, but then also putting myself below people. All that stuff and that stuff that we've all done and we've all learnt to do from from whoever. And it's it's all just negative aspects of the ego that you can get over. And that's I'm literally speaking from experience. And there's infinite accounts of this on the internet you don't have to look hard at all for first-hand accounts of this stuff and then also studies and all this information like eastern philosophies are all this is eastern philosophy this is like buddhism taoism um i'm not sure about confucian confucianism because i actually haven't researched that so i'm not gonna say anything about that but the main two ones are buddhism taoism and um i didn't realize but before I started researching, I didn't research to like those religions or even Christianity for like months. And I was having all these experiences and just along the beginning of my path to truth and not realizing the similarities between those two religions and my experience, which is really cool later on when I found those and I was like, holy crap. But um, yeah, so in New Zealand, it was really sinking in, really, really sinking in. And um, I remember reflecting back on like past experiences of meditating on psychedelics and the just infinite, really on- incomprehensibly complex, um, colourful, vivid landscapes that I would find myself in. All of the entities that I would see were, they appeared, like when you just look at them and then look away or look past them, um, they, would, they would appear as like separate, but then I'd look at them and then I couldn't, I could see their limbs and all that sort of stuff, but you could just, but it would just melt back into the background, but not in, I've tried drawing it before and it's just like, it doesn't work in three dimensions. This is like some other dimension of, but not time. It's like a physical dimension of, of it's more depth. It's weird. It's really cool. Actually, it's not weird. <laughs> it's just unusual. Well, I guess it's the same thing <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, all these these concepts were starting to make sense, and it wasn't until later on that I consciously made a, felt felt like I consciously made a decision to stop studying the ego so hard and study non-duality more to experience that. 
Um, and then came back from New Zealand, really just like all these questions, bang, 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 too many questions and I couldn't answer them quick enough. And then with all this new, because I started develop, developing all these mental tools, like I started way before, even before, oh, I'm missing a, a very crucial thing here. I had an experience in Melbourne with my girlfriend on LSD um, and she pointed out in it that um, I have anxiety and I'll, I'll go into like these experiences that I'm talking about. I'll go into them in separate videos because they're really, they're just awesome and they've just changed, helped me change my life in like ridiculous ways. Um, anyway, the gist of that is like she helped me realize that I have anxiety. I had no idea that I, had, I was just shy and then... So I had a massive emotional release, like cried for fucking ages in that trip. It was so nice. And then I remember in amongst it, like looking myself in the mirror, seeing my like puffy eyes, tears running down my cheeks, blocked nose, and just looking at, my, at myself and going, I have anxiety, but I couldn't say it because I would just bawl my eyes out. And I just kept saying it, looking myself in the eyes in the mirror. I just kept saying it until I could say it without crying. And, um, and so that, that was like the first exercise I did with myself. That was the first bit of work I've ever done on myself ever. And um, so, and that's like a key part in spiritual work. That's why so many people stay at the level where they go and do yoga and they meditate and then they might read books and go to all these healing circles, but they have so many problems and they're so incredibly insecure. And then their egos get attached to all these labels like, oh, I'm a wanderer, I'm a light worker, I'm a... I mean, there's some of that, which is actually working in the opposite direction of what they truly desire, which is like true love and fulfillment and connection to to oneness, which you don't get by identifying as these words, which are nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that trip was like a, a really big milestone. So um, before, like before... I even found on Julia, I was already doing work on myself. I was already healing myself um, and healing in the terms of mental health and spirituality. It's not, there's nothing, there's no reason to stigmatize it. I used to, but you literally are healing mental wounds. Like there's no bullshit. There's no woo woo weird trippy shit about that. It's just, there's just, we associate healing with physical things, but it's, everything's physical for us. It's so dumb. It's like there's just so much physical, the physical aspect of reality is literally like if you look at the spectrum of light that we can see versus what they're, what we know there to be, which there obviously is more, it's nothing. That's like the physical compared to the metaphysical and the existential elements of what's going on and the fundamentals and all that stuff. Like this is nothing. Like this is bare, like this physical experience, all of your experiences in your life, mine, every, even everything as a total is can't even begin to scratch the surface of what actually is happening because this is just infinite. The universe is infinite physically, but metaphysically reality is infinite because there's just no limit. There's physically a limit on earth that, which is, there's just a lot of physical limits. Like I can't go through a wall. That's a physical limit. But beyond that and beneath that, there's just, there's just so much that there's nothing. Um, I don't know how I got sidetracked on that, but, um, yeah, so I was already working on myself. I was, 
I, I came back, needed it. I was looking for a job. Got Made sure I got a job in customer service, serving people, talking to strangers all the time, every single day I was at work. Uncomfortable, talking to people that um, I've never met before, that I was judging, that I was putting myself below and above and all this stuff. And I just started with um, my anxiety and I made sure that I would um, tell people, I would start the interaction by saying, how are you or how's it going? And I've never done that before. I would, I, I couldn't even really ask my parents how they were um, up until this point. I, for about 19 years, I couldn't really say that to my parents. Um, but in a lot of other ways, my anxiety was like minimal compared to he's like some people can't, can't leave the house because they're too anxious or they have periods of that. Like doesn't matter what situation, they just, it's too much. I've had experiences of that, but not, but like mainly if like I was a kid and there were kids that I didn't really like or kids that I put so high above me up in the street that and I needed to go somewhere, I would wait till they were gone. Anyway, but um, yeah, so I, was, I already had this foundation of work going and self-improvement and all that stuff and then now all this information and theory behind why um, I'd been behaving the ways I have been, ha- been behaving, excuse me, and why I have all these habits and all these habits not physical habits, mental habits, thought habits started appearing to me. And as my consciousness and awareness, my literally awareness of these things was expanding, that's why I was aware of them. Um, we don't realize how close-minded we are before we do any sort of um, work in terms of obs- observation and stuff like that. Um, I th- Thinking back two years ago, even... Yeah, even two years ago, I feel like I was walking around with my head like literally pointed directly at the ground. Um, and now I can move my head any direction I want. Like that's literally how it feels. Um, but yeah, so the I just started working on my anxiety even more and everything I really started learning and taking advantage of the fact that there is a lesson to be learned in everything. And all these insights were just coming left, right and centre, just like so, so much information was just coming to me as if it was like, as if my brain was just a, an antenna for this stuff, which I guess it could be. Um, but I, I was, wasn't was releasing it. I wasn't getting it out. And so I would just end up giving so much really, really valuable, valuable advice to my mates and stuff like that and people, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't really get uh, get used because um, at that time I was really the only one that was this like fucking really hardcore into it. Like it was my relationships with people suffered because I obsess I obsess over some, when I'm into something. Um, I just go like literally all out, but I take it like really really fucking far. Um, and so I did the same with this and it was all I was thinking about. I was all I would talk about with my friends and my girlfriend. Um, and, and she was, she was having the same experience just in her own way, which is really cool. So for, for a lot of it, we were both really happy talking about our progress, but I, as my ego sort of started developing at the same time, I was learning to distance myself from it. Um, I started getting really confident but I wouldn't realize how much I was talking about myself. And um, that's just one of the traps along the way. There's so many fucking traps along this path. And I'm 
constantly pulling myself out of them. People are constantly, not heaps of people, mainly just my parents and my girlfriend will, will let me know when I'm not doing enough around the house because I'm too focused on what's going on inside me or fucking what's got, what, like what consciousness is, all that sort of stuff. Um, so it's really easy, especially for someone like me, like a, someone that uses their mind to think and analyse, like you can get so, because it's, it's in, infinity, you're penetrating into infinity. Um, that's how it feels to me at least. And obviously infinity doesn't end, so I can just keep going deeper and keep missing out on opportunities and all that stuff and missing out on just doing basic chores. <laughs> um, but yeah so things really started progressing really quickly and oh my god the level of like euphoria and happiness I was experiencing in my everyday which I've always even with the level of suffering I experienced which compared to most people I've had it really really lucky like the only real like trauma I have is from like my parents arguing when I was little and I think I think a lot of people would have that as well um, but the other main one is <laughs> I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared of the dark still from ghost videos and paranormal videos and stuff like that when I was a kid. Um, and as everyone experiences but might not know, childhood trauma is actually quite thick and quite difficult to work through because when you're a kid, when something's bad, you suppress and you avoid. So all of this fear has just been built up. And um, it, even at the moment, it feels like it's like, coming out a little bit and it's like it's good because i'm forced to fucking work on it but um yeah so even back prior to my path to truth um i was happy like yeah um and yeah i was just having like just a good time a really really good time and this is all through uh when in um like especially around april this is all the start of yeah 2020 so when for australia when covid was like really cracking down and week by week restrictions were getting tighter and tighter and i was spending more and more time in my room researching um and thinking and just driving up to like i would walk i walk up to this i haven't done in ages but if i meditate i walk up to this tree just up the road and it's this big fig tree and i just sit up there and meditate it's really cool so i was doing that i remember driving up to this other spot in this estate and um, just looking at these trees and just I started writing down these questions like how are trees conscious if so how what is consciousness um, how how is physical matter like manifested from consciousness just these questions because I I didn't know well I, I did know I've always known but I didn't know that I had the answers I yeah couldn't see them and then so after more time passed more information was just soaking in. Um, I discovered Eckhart Tolle, uh, Muji, Rupert Spira, Spira or something like that. Um, can't remember any others, but like quite a few more people that are just like teachers. So then I started researching Buddhism and Taoism. And um, yeah, if you like any of this stuff and you haven't researched them, dive as far as you can into it. Like and Stoicism, that's a, a Greek philosophy. Um I'll do separate videos, uh, videos, podcasts on those. Um, but yeah, that literally it's the same stuff I'm talking about in, but in, so for Buddhism, it's, it's like India and that sort of areas perspective, that part of Asia. And then, um, Taoism is Japanese. So it's that part of, 
Asia's perspective. And then China, um, I think China, someone brought Buddhism to China and that started Chan Buddhism. And then someone brought either Buddhism to um, to Japan or someone brought Buddhism from China to Japan, one of those two. And then that's how Taoism was formed. I, I think could easily be completely wrong there. <laughs> but yeah, and then so just more insights would come, more insights would come. And then I would just find myself just going on this massive rant, just giving so much like good juicy advice and wisdom. But again, no one was really having this experience as me. So no one was cultivating and acting, actually acting on this desire to change themselves, um, at least not at this really, really obsessive, intense pace that I was going at. Um, so not like the information would be like, they'd be like, yeah, see, that's awesome. And then, um, and then maybe they were acting on it and I wasn't perceiving it, but the way I was perceiving it was like, it wasn't really getting taken in at least the way I expected it to, because it changed, helped me change my life so much. And this, pro- this progress I was making was just absolutely unbelievable and unreal. Like I'd, I'd never experienced anything like it before. Um, like in a matter of months, I knew who I was fundamentally. I knew that I was eating with people. I was able to catch myself judging people and stop. I was able to let go of anxiety, um, control my emotions, control my addictions and desires and all this stuff. Like, I've, honestly, I've had a addiction to masturbation and porn for fucking since I was like 13 and I just stopped that. Um, uh, in in April, in January, stopped porn. I'm sweet with that. I don't care about that anymore. That's done. Um, but yeah, like the masturbation is um, just something I'll do like every maybe once, once every four months maybe. And each time it's just like, yep, yep, definitely, definitely could have been doing something better. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely like not very good. Which is cool because it was just such a deep addiction for me. Not in quantity, but just it was just habitual and I do it every day. Anyway, that's that's for maybe another episode or whatever. But um but yeah, that's just the level of control I was I was realizing um in myself as I was removing all these barriers and these fears and all this stuff. And then my mate, after I, after a massive, it literally felt like I was just getting a fire hose and turning it on in my friends' DMs and in group chats and stuff like that. And then I made a post. I made a big post on Facebook. I eliminated all fear about posting whatever I want on Facebook. I, I literally don't give a shit about what I post. So, um, which isn't to say I'm not posting absurd shit or whatever, but, um, I'll, if I want to post something, I'll post it and have no fear and I'll post it because I'll post it with the hopes that people will be able to pick up on it and gain something from it or I'll just post something because I want to post it. There's, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, after just literally just exploding my friend with um, some advice on whatever it was and especially... I started seeing anxiety in other people. Once I saw it in me, I saw it really fucking clearly. And then uh, it would just literally stand out like a red flag, like literally like a visual red flag in public and in my friends and stuff like this. So it was especially hard not to 
jam advice down my friend's throats where I could see their anxiety um, because I would just see myself and just go, oh my God, I know how I got obsessed with trying to fix people, but I had to, to realize that I can't fix people like that. Well, I, I can't fix people at all. Um, that's one of the things that you have to go through, like mistakes you have to make to know not to make it again, that sort of thing. So yeah, after like just giving my mate so much advice on whatever it was, he was like, you should write a book and then bang, done. I was like, yes, holy shit, that's such a good idea. And then so probably within a week I started writing. So I wrote about addiction and then I formed. I wrote these chapters. The, the original Facebook post I made, if you have me on Facebook, Mokai, M-O-K-A-I-P-A-R-M-E-N-T-E-R. Um, it, it's like from, I don't know, actually got an idea march february maybe of 2020 um there, there was just like different insights and they were from different categories so like maybe judgment uh the topic of what is the ego um probably anxiety i can't remember any other ones but you can see they're different topics within spirituality within mental health within whatever so i run out these chapters and then um i'll just pick a chapter and just start writing about it and then that was literally like, um, it's like, do you know those water slides where they've got the loop in it? And when, you, when you're in it at the start, you're standing on, you're in the tube, standing vertically. And there's a platform that slides away and drop, like you, it slides from underneath your feet. So you just drop. That's what it felt like. It felt like unclo- like turning on a fire hose, but as if, but me getting it out. Yeah, it was the same thing, me just getting this information out. Um, but I could do it as much as I wanted and um, in whatever way I wanted to and I wouldn't have to account for anyone's like personal um, weird things I've got going on and all this stuff. Like I, I could just write about it how I wanted to write about it and that's really what got me hooked about it. And um, so, yeah, so that could make way for more insights and then just the – just the clarity and the like euphoria I felt when I was doing that. Like I would just go outside and write. And at this time it was raining heaps. And um, I would just go out there in my, um, this is heading, yeah, April, heading into May sort of thing. I would just go out there and write in my pajamas. And then, because I was working at a service station, so I'd do shift work. So I had a lot of time before and after shifts usually or like on days off. And I would just write all day. And then I just kept doing that and, that really just explode because when you write about something it you break it down depends who you're intending on writing to this way i was writing it down how i think and how i write so i wasn't aiming it i wasn't using any beginner or yeah i wasn't using any beginner terminology but um yeah so when you break stuff down and you write sorry when you write something with the intention of giving it as information to help people or whatever. You want people to be able to read it properly and, and soak in as, get as close as they can to an idea of what you're actually putting out. you got to break it down really well, but not get too caught up on the details, which is I've been doing that like this, on this whole podcast and <laughs> I've done that my whole life. <laughs> it's just another thing that's just ongoing. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so it's just like my understanding of all these topics specifically um, really, really, truly exploded. Um, and it just happened at the right time for me to start writing a book that just kept ramping up and ramping up and ramping up and ramping up like ridiculously. And I remember um, coming to the end of which what turned out to be the first draft of this book that I haven't released yet. Um, I ended up writing another one and I'll talk about that at some point. Um, what happened was I got to the last chapter, which in this book is called truth. And that's like truth for me is God. It's reality. It's the universe. It's love. It's creation. It's the creator. It's whatever you want to call it as the highest power that all things come from and go to when through whatever cycle. Um, so I'm writing about truth and I still hadn't really had much connection to it besides, and this is when I was really studying non-duality and the seeking for the ego was like slowing down and the seeking to understand this, this experience and this idea of, and the concept of there being a nothing and b just conscious nothing that is you. Um, I really thought that this experience of like of oneness and stuff would feel different, but yeah, I didn't realize that it doesn't. <laughs> it just feels th- like this, but more intense. And it depends how deep you go. How deep you go depends will dictate how um, intense this feeling and how far out this feeling goes. But it all starts. We usually if you just like most normal people you when you say the word i you refer to the body and the mind and the thoughts you experience and the words that come out of your mouth and stuff like that so um when that i that's being referred to isn't just the body it's everything else it does feel different in a way but it feels the same, but it's just wider. It just expands out from your body, um, which is not what I experience in my everyday life. And um, But I ended up having this experience on another experience on LSD, which again, bang, just another really absolutely massive paradigm shift. And this was like the, this was the, the moment in my path of truth where it was like, bang, doors are open, bitch, fucking this is what you wanted, here you go, which I didn't realise that's what it was until after. Like, a lot of people talk about their awakening or enlightenment experiences and um, and they can either be... I literally just watched a video about this, probably not half an hour because it's been going for 46 minutes, but an hour and a bit ago, and the dude was saying, yeah, they can be... A, enlightenment isn't something you reach. It, it isn't something that you gain. It isn't something that you lack and then find it's because the person that seeks is the person that seeks the enlightenment, but they don't realize that the the being behind that is the enlightenment. It is the awakened self. It's just a matter of letting go of disidentifying with yourself. And um, what really helps is having these like really profound, deep experiences because it just, bang for me it really just like it literally shot my awareness out of my body it literally forced me out of my body for this, from this experience um and 
for like the whole peak of that experience, which is felt like roughly about three hours. And also what happened was wasn't very intense. So we, um, me and my friend, we both had the same dose. I mean, that we both smoked. I think it was it was just weed. It wasn't spun. It wasn't with any tobacco. It was just weed. One joint, one and a half joints each on the peak. And then, like, as soon as I finished that last bit, of it, I was like, yep, definitely looking at the trees. And they're definitely, I'm definitely having some sort of, like, some sort of connection with them. Yep, definitely seeing more face. Oh, okay, yeah, it's definitely getting more intense. Like, it just started really ramping up. And then it just kept going and going. And then I remember um, just literally just losing my sense of self. Like, the eye was not my, the body when I would say I, all that stuff. And I'll save all the juicy details for another for another podcast. But um, that I remember like literally walking around and it was as if I was looking at drone footage of me and my mate walking around, but I could move around um, I, and I could go back into infinity, which, which was, it was really blue for some reason, but um, like I was tripping. So obviously there's not, it's not total absolute truth. Um, and I was still thinking, which was, that was a really big thing because for me, enlightenment back then meant no thoughts and meant no thoughts, fully no suffering, no ego, all this stuff. I really thought you could transcend the ego and never have it ever again, but you, you can't. I'm sorry to break any of your spiritual hearts out there, but you can't, you can't beat this thing called the ego. You can only realize that that's not you and then just move with that and you can refine it and sharpen it and you can sharpen it badly. You can go down the path of serving yourself, being selfish and controlling people, which is really fucking hard and that will bring you real lot of suffering, a lot of hardship and, or you can go through the self of refining it so that it's not so judgmental towards yourself and others. It's not so negative, pessimistic, um, doesn't create all these problems for itself that blames other things for it and thinks that other things are the cause for it when it's just itself all that stuff um but yeah so like essentially in a really really massive long over explained nutshell <laughs> that's that has been my path to truth so far so it took another experience on LSD <laughs> it just sounds like I do it <laughs> like all the time but this has just been like over a period of what I'd say like two and a bit years. Um, and it took me till then cause I was so, I was just like, I got obsessed with this spirituality and the progression. I got obsessed with the desire to become enlightened and all this stuff. And I didn't realize I couldn't see it, um, that I was where I wanted to be essentially, um, until this experience I had with my girlfriend and, I forget what we were talking about and like she was talking about and stuff and it was, it was helping. Um, she always keeps, keeps help. Hang on. (laughs) Helps keep me level headed and grounded. I'm get caught up in big ideas all the fucking time and desires and all this stuff. And another thing, desire, if I want something and I really want it, bang, it's that same thing. It just triggers and I obsess over it and I'll suffer so I can get it, which He's so not spiritual. <laughs> like that's, it's just a complete, oh, it just goes against everything. <laughs> All this work I do with myself. 
<laughs> whenever I do that, but those things happen less and less, and each time it's a wake-up call, it's like, dude, stop doing this. Um, but yeah, so she helped me realise that, like, I'm not going to achieve enlightenment in the way I think, and of course I'm not. I, I think about it, I would think about it and have this idea, how the fuck is my finite mind going to invent what enlightenment truly is like when it's just one person's petty little thought about it. I'm not trying to put myself down, but like that's the reality. It's just one person's idea of it. Why why ever would that ever be ex- exactly what it is? And then I attached to that. So when Michaela would give me these actual true facts about it and say, no, it's not like... You're suffer. You're gonna suffer, and you're suffering because of this. Because you're chasing it like that. Like I would take offense to that on the inside, but I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't project it because I, I. I knew that she was right, but I was still attached to it, and I just had to let go of that attachment over x amount of time. And um, but yeah, it was that that trip with her, which wasn't even intense. It was just because we were talking about it, and I, I was just reflecting back, and I was like, wait, what the f- what? Yeah, I'm not like, I'm not really seeking anymore. I don't really desire to know what's going on anymore or like what non-duality is or like what what all this stuff is because like, yeah, what the hell? I realised that the answers I was getting and and the answers I was realising that have always been there, um, they were holding up. They truly were. Like they were just filling these holes. Um and they've laid this ridiculously thick, well-educated, well-grounded foundation in my mind for, um, for giving advice. I'm still, like, inexperienced with that, like, actually one-on-one teaching and giving advice, which is something that I want to move into. Um, and that's why, I'm, why I've started doing this and um, stuff like that so I can just get practice and get this, keep getting this stuff out and not just keep it internal and blocked and stuff like that but um yeah I forget where I was going but anyway um yeah so I realized these yeah these answers were just like really holding up and then the the insights were definitely but literally they were literally just slowing down like like you could graph it and I was past the peak by that point and that for me in like I was talking about before the video I was watching not long ago, like he was saying you can have a gradual experience and just go, and like same thing, look back and go, oh, what the hell, I'm already here, duh. Or it can go bang and then realise it if you've got the context. But like in Eckhart Tolle's case, he had no lead up. Well, the lead up was the suffering was getting so, so intense for him, depression, like self-hatred, um all this sort of stuff and got so intense that he was like, I just, one night in bed, I think he said that, sorry, um, I just can't bear to live with myself. And then the thought that came up and it was, um, who is this I that I can't stand to live with? And then bang, there's that separation. And then I think, I think he said he, he felt like he got sucked into a void and then, I'm forgetting details and then woke up and then bang, everything is beautiful. Everything's brighter, more vibrant. The birds just sound amazing. Everything is exactly the same on the outside, but his internal experience, completely different. But at the 
but still, that's what I was saying, still the same, but wider, bigger, brighter, euphoric. Um, yeah, so like, and for me, it was a gradual, gradual, but really exponential curve. And then right as it was peaking, it was just obviously going that way. Bang, had that experience. Um, and it was just two tabs my friend had left. So like, so cool. If he hadn't, maybe if he gave them to other people, had them another time, who knows what would be happening, like where I would be right now, where my other mate would be. My ma- my other mate was saying that like, because he has had a completely different, obviously a completely different context for his understanding of reality and he wasn't very um, like that sort of into it um, at that time. So I was... T- I'm 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 an observer. I always observe and analyze everything, and that I've suffered for it. But it's really fucking dummy wonders in so many ways. So I was just literally speaking whenever I could. We didn't talk much because we were like our literal our egos, which is where language and stuff is developed, and that's where it comes from. That that was literally just dissolving. Like it felt like my I couldn't remember much. I didn't really remember much of who Morkai was, and even the idea of my parents was just like the fuck like I've always I've just never born I've always been here <laughs> like it was like that I truly was infinite and so but at the same time I had a lot of pot pot in my system and pot's not good for memory <laughs> or, or psychedelics either um so it feels like a combination of the three but um yeah so whenever I could I'd be literally making mental notes and just verbal notes and describing my experience and every now and then we look at each other and he'd just go, yep, yep. Or he'd say something and I'd go, yep, I mean, yep, that's exactly it. And so he had his own experience at the same, whatever level of depth and it was just this massive experience for both of us. It was so cool. But in a way, yeah, I had that gradual, I had a build up, a really rocket build up and then bang, that was that moment that gates opened and I remember coming back to my car both of us after this walk where I knew exactly where we were, but I was just so lost the whole time, <laughs> which was, it was cool. I had no fear because my house was like 200 metres away, but it was just so cool walking around this estate that I've known for so long and I had no idea where I was. <laughs> but uh, we came back to the car and put this this band, Lucid Planet. I really cannot um, express how fucking awesome these dudes like these dudes are like the path of truth they are spirituality in music for me it's ridiculous i spent so much time listening to their music i listen to music while i do a lot of shit so when i write often i'll put their music on specifically their music because it's just describes exactly how i feel and um the way i the way i sort of perceive reality not that sort of stuff but yeah, so we put that, that album on and just meditated, just literally laid down, put the car seats down, eyes closed, bang. And then I was like, I was like, this is it. Like, this is my awakening. This is my enlightenment. And then the ego, <laughs> this is the ego part. I'm enlightened, yes. <laughs> it's so funny. We wanted that title so bad for so long. And then it's finally, like, in a way, in a twisted, egotistical way, validated. <laughs> this is so funny. But then, but then, like, for so long, like, I'm only now talking about this openly without stigma because I've always had... I sort of locked it up in this box. Not the experience, but just, like, that that was it. That was it for me. That was my awakening. That was my enlightenment experience. 
um, I sort of locked it up like that aspect of up because I was afraid of coming off as cocky and yeah, just if I was wrong and that wasn't like, if that wasn't actually it or that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, it was it and just not in the way that I'd thought and obviously it wouldn't be because I can't actually think about that truly. Um, but yeah, I really know where else I'm going with this. Um, yeah, I think we got there in the end. Definitely some potholes, very deep rabbit holes along the way. And there will be, because that's how I still am at this current moment. I still go into too much detail in um, a lot of people's perspectives (laughs) and in mine too. I just get caught up in it. But, um, yeah, that's been my path to truth over the last, like, few years and, um... Where I'm at now, I feel like I started a full-time job, so I'm definitely suffering um, more than I was. Like, I was suffering very fucking little, like, very, 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 very little, except for, like, because um, <laughs> I worked in a server, I would start at 4.30 in the morning. Um, through COVID, I literally got more work over COVID. I was working five mornings a week through COVID, coming from, like, three shifts a week, um, which was awesome for me. <laughs> sorry the rest of the world um but yeah so at that time it was it'd still be dark and um I was um yeah I'd be working in West Ballina which is like well known to be a like pretty dodgy part of town um at 4 30 in the morning like we and like there's a there's a massive like um epidemic of like ice and all the bad guys all the bad drugs which is completely fair enough because so many people get wrapped up in that and I can see how easy it is to go drug by drug down to that level or just to that to that drug or to these drugs and I can see exactly just through research and just basic observation how that how that happens. And um, so I've always had a fear when I'd be working there of like just a scary or fucking threatening sort of... Because I'm traumatized from like parents arguing when I was little so any sort of fit like uh, conflict physical or verbal on my my ears perk up I get my ankles up (laughs) I just go into like oh I don't want to be here (laughs) so even like yeah just like interactions like that just um, the the trauma body responses responds and the fear comes up and then I gotta like the practice of like no it's okay let it go it's all good all that sort of stuff um so yeah that was um i don't really know why i'm talking about this <laughs> oh yeah the suffering that was what i would like suffer about but it wouldn't really be very intense but yeah most of my days are just filled with pure happiness um and then it, at work i would have because i we formed a little family there with these people i was working with they're, they're just awesome they're just really, really nice people. And they, um, most of them are females. Sounded weird saying that. <laughs> These ladies and they're just like, they're just so cool. They're just classic, just that classic female archetype. Just like really caring, nurturing. And like, I was so spoiled there. Cause like, I think two of them don't have kids and then one of them does, but they're older. And then so, 
I, was, I literally just felt like their son. And they would just spoil me with all this food in the mornings and they'd make it for me and stuff. It was just literally just so cool. And um, I remember stacking the stacking the drink fridge once and putting literally just stacking iced coffees on the shelf. And I was like, wow, because I was smelling bacon because I would cook bacon for the, the food they make. And um, I was like, wow, I'm so lucky to be working in a place that, because like I make the coffee there, I, I would make the coffee when I worked there, and um, the coffee would smell so good, and then the bacon cooking as well. It's just like, oh my god, I'm so lucky to be working in a place with this, where it smells like this all the time. And then I was like, I'm just so lucky to be whatever. Or, oh no, no, I was like, I love the smell of bacon, and I was like, wow, I love, oh my god, I love everything. And then I just had this really intense like moment, and it was just literally just infinite love just pure love it was so intense fully sober really really intense euphoria and love and love for everyone i looked around and it was just so pure it was really really nice and special and like i was literally just stacking ice coffees on the shelves like this is where the parts and truth lead this is where truly actually putting in effort um to work on yourself leads like the fruits don't take long to bear like it doesn't take long to notice change in progress and you go holy shit dude i feel so much better um and just these things these mystical magical experiences happen um because they're just everywhere and we're just so blocked off from them with all this made-up bullshit um but yeah so that's that th- i think that's pretty much it um but yeah Right, I'm just like looping <laughs> right now. Yeah, working full time. Um, it's definitely bogging down on me, um, but not in like I'm still happy as. And like this is only coming from I'm coming from my biggest peak of happiness ever in my life, and it was like really, really intense because of that whole experience. Like anyone that has this experience, it's a really similar thing. Um, but then obviously I had I have to plateau and come back down because that's not sustainable remaining at that level when i've never been there literally i just think about i used to do crypto trading a little bit so i I knew how to read a graph pretty well and um i just think like i just didn't have it's just like a big peak and then if you look back at the graph previously the happiness has never been up here so there's no support there's nothing for it to support off to keep maintaining at that level so obviously it has to come down but um yeah, and I mean, the level it's come down to isn't really fucking. It's not. It's not that much worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just feel. Um, it's just hard to put my finger on it. Really, I, like, I had some mushrooms um, a couple of weeks ago with my girlfriend, and um, yeah, I, I just I realized that I was getting bogged down by work, but and it crept in, but. I think also I'm earning like really good money, but maybe when I earn more money, I'll spend more money. And um, I was just buying lunch because I'm working five days a week. And I haven't been in school, which was doing something like that for five days a week and making my lunch and brekkie and all that stuff five days a week. Haven't been in that environment like five full days a week since like 2017. It's, two that, it's 2021 now. Um so it's like hard adjusting 
just taken a while to adjust back into that, like stop, like not spending 70 bucks a week on lunch. Cause we'd get, we'd, I'd, I'd like buy a pie for smoker and then buy this burger or wrap for lunch and stuff. And that just added up so much. And so I was just get stressing out about that. Me and my girlfriend are planning on going on a big road trip. Um, in a van doing hashtag van life hippie hippie thing as of course we would <laughs> so i did, didn't didn't anticipate it but i'm jumping really 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 fast i'm running as fast as i can and jumping as deep as i can into the pool into stere- the stereotype pool of hippie of trippy hippie fucking spiritual seeker all that sort of stuff like that's i have no problem with people lab- labeling me as that because i know that truly i'm not that that it's words but from like a, like from society's point of view, yeah, I'm a fucking hippie. <laughs> um, what do you want, me, want to call me? Um, but yeah, so I like obviously I need to save money. Like I've got a really good car that I'll sell before I go and get get good money for that. But um, I still want to manage to save up money because um, I have no idea how much work we're going to get or if I can. I'm planning on doing some music stuff on the road like potentially even could do this podcast even though i would have to do it for a while to get any sort of income but that's just good talking about it but um yeah and then i've got i do art as well as music so um just gonna get my shit together get in a market a market all going be able to sell some stuff but oh my god i'm just like really just going into rabbit holes left right and center aren't i <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just going to end it. <laughs> I've just gone an hour and 10 minutes. I wonder how much of that, that time has actually been spent on the actual purpose of this um, episode. <laughs> That's right. Hopefully at least one person made it to the end. That would be sick, but oh well. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, if you made it this far, good on you. <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening. If you even gave it a shot at all, even just like, yeah, just saw it or whatever. Um, thanks heaps. Thanks heaps for to all my friends, my family, and my girlfriend for all the support. Um, you guys are fucking awesome. You guys are really big. Just a massive inspiration for me and motivation. Like, it's, yeah, it's fucking awesome. I'm surrounded by really, really awesome people, and it's just so cool. Like, it's really, really, I'm really stoked. Um, But, yeah, um, definitely plan on doing more episodes of this because this is, like, actually really easy. I just sit here and talk. I just literally um, open the gate from my mind to my mouth, and I just... <laughs> I'm just in my room looking at looking at a old computer monitor and just sort of looking around at the same stuff I always usually look at when I'm here, but nah, it's it's all fun. Um This is literally the longest ending ever. Alright, I'm gonna end it. Three, two, one.